Hello, and welcome to We Are Buglers, audio flypaper for another week without the bugle. We catch and release some of the stories the bugle might have caught had John and Andy had any time, of course. The last full episode of the bugle was episode 293, released on the 29th of May, 2015. Had that episode appeared just two months earlier, its number would have matched its date, 29-3. At least in English. This opportunity will not present itself again until April of 2016, with the 29th being a Friday, and with the current steady progress towards not producing a bugle, we can only speculate that they will miss this day too. Fuck Fuck you, Andy. Andy. Fuck Fuck you, John. Fuck you, Chris. Fuck you, Chris. For those previously unfamiliar with the bugle, there will be a special on what it is, or possibly was, the bugle. In the meantime, who are we buglers? Our senior international correspondent is Robert DeBugler. And I am joined, as ever, by our special DC area correspondent, Diana DeBugler. In the bugle tradition, we start this week with what is going straight in the bin. Again, this week, as in the past few, it's our hopes of a Bugle episode 294. Sub-episodes don't count, Andy. Moving on. This week's history. This week in U.S. history, 480 million years ago, sedimentation was being laid that would raise up as Pangea to become a big-ass... That means huge or enormous. Yes, thank you, Rob. A big-ass mountain range. Over the eons, weathering and erosion reduced this formation. Further tectonic upheaval presented us with what is now the Appalachian Mountains. These majestic hills would be the future home of many people, clinging to a way of life that they insist is based solely on heritage, not hate. The current inhabitants might also be fascinated to know that the other end of this range rises in North Africa, Morocco to be exact. Mm, And you will be exact. Well, you were the one who calculated it was 480 million years ago this week. Where it is known, translated from the Arabic as Lassa, or Little Atlas. These mountains would also inspire rambling novels about long, rambling walks from one end of this top rock crop to the other. For those unprepared to undertake such a walk in person, there was the book. And for those unprepared to read the book, a movie. This range of mountains is also responsible for inspiring one of the lamest excuses for where you were while you were having an affair. Indeed. In June 2009, South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford disappeared for six days. It was claimed that he was hiking the Appalachian Trail. In reality, he was busily and, for safety's sake, allegedly leaving happy trails on the peaks and valleys of Maria Shapur, an Argentine journalist. That we don't yet have the book, or that a movie of this has not yet been greenlit, may be the biggest blessing of all. For our main story this week, we go to our outraged Washington, D.C. bureau chief, Diana. Well, something that should be in the bin, but isn't, is the Confederate flag debate. Although it seems like old news, with the flag debate settled for the moment in South Carolina, there are still plenty of people who can't seem to understand that the Confederate battle flag might still be offensive to people. 
so much so that a rally was scheduled to be held in Washington, D.C. on September 5th, the Saturday of the three-day Labor Day weekend. Event organizers predicted more than 1,300 people would attend the rally. This ended up being overly optimistic, so the preparations were slightly overkill for the about 50 people who actually attended. Uh, I found a Think Progress article uh, who had reporters attending the rally. Uh, they said that a sm members of the small crowd said that they wanted the U.S. government to really hear their message, which was to preserve Confederate symbols and to squash the Black Lives Matter movement. Quoting Ron Feathers of Elliston, Virginia, this Black Lives Matter bull is racism that government don't see. It's white genocide propaganda. They're pushing folks to shoot cops and white people. Behind him, the crowd waved flags and let out rebel yells and showed off their Confederate tattoos and, naturally, belt buckles. Uh, looking across the park, there were a cluster of anti-Confederate protesters there who apparently far outnumbered the group of pro-Confederate uh, demonstrators. Feather added, If Robert E. Lee were alive today, this shit wouldn't be going on. That's when we had a true American in office. Feathers is apparently a self-identified Democrat who believes President Obama is planning to declare martial law and rule the whole world. Apparently he's been organizing lots of flag rollings across Virginia where people drive together with Confederate symbols on their cars to help push back against those that he feels are taking his history away. Unprompted, Feathers offered his thoughts about why, and this is in quotes, colored people in general have a quote-unquote ghetto lifestyle. It's because their daddies ain't in the picture. All these kids are latchkey kids and ain't not being taught the right way. They only do things in groups. They got so much hatred. Uh, he spoke with another one of the demonstrators uh, named Jason Berry, who is a Civil War reenactor from Detroit. He said he wanted to bring his mixed-race 12-year-old child to the event, but eventually decided against it. They're the most racist group there is. He said, uh, he said this referencing the Black Lives Matter movement. And when asked which presidential candidate he supported... Can you guess? Trump 2016. Shut down the borders. Woohoo! Oh. Sorry for the, the... That's an appalling American accent on every level, and um, I, I gloriously <laughs> enjoyed the opportunity. Thank you. <laughs> oh. I, I, this, things like this make me want to bang my head against the table, and, and I, I don't understand it. And maybe it's... I grew up in New Jersey... I went to college down by, you know, Ellison, Virginia, it's Virginia Tech. I mean, that is good old boy central down there. Um, you know, I was referred to by an ex-boyfriend's parents as that good old Yankee girl. I hear my son's been dating. <laughs> um, so it, it's so raw in America still. I mean, it happened 150 years ago. But our country just doesn't have the depth of history, I feel like, to put it in its proper perspective. Uh, as a foreigner living in our strange land, how do you, how do you look at this? <laughs> uh, it's wacky. 
the the longer it goes on the more this seems like a country that is determined to be at war with itself over <sighs> I'm not sure what I mean there's the 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 Black Lives Matter part is definitely an issue because institutional racism is part of what's going on I mean you can see it in the way that these people are treated open carry movement I mean they can you imagine a person of color walking down the street as armed as some of these guys are mm. and they're just being waved off as nothing I don't think so I mean you've, you've got all of these these double standards and while I'm sure that some of these people from the south are proud of their parents and their lineage and hence their southern pride the the fact of the matter is that waving that flag around has been so much part of the oppression of a portion of society is to just be frankly making the statement that you you hate them and you know i I grew up in the UK and we watched the Dukes of Hazard, and there was the, the flag on the top of the General Lee and it didn't have any context for us other than the fact that it was on the top of the cart. That was all I knew it as. Mm. Uh, and then over here has been a bit of an education. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised no, I know. That, you know. Come to America, get yourself an education. <laughs> A lot of parallels have been drawn um, as this debate's been brought forward, talking about the Nazi flag and comparing uh, how it's been outlawed in Germany as a, a piece of treasonous, uh, you know, propaganda. And, and you know, it, I feel like the point that maybe the Confederate flag has its place in museums and things like that, you know, is potentially pretty valid um you know they were a treasonous separatist group they tried to secede from the union um again i was raised in the north it was the civil war i uh, learned early on in my education in virginia that others refer to it as the war of northern aggression um so you know again there's two very different outlooks in this country on how the Civil War and, I guess, the Confederacy in general should be should be viewed. You also and, raised an interesting point as well with the, the Nazi flag, where, as you say, it is banned in Germany. Um, and in Germany, the, the white supremacist Nazi party wannabe folks there have adopted the Confederate flag as the Nazi flag by proxy. And so mm -hmm. they will fly that as the, the flag that they can get away with. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I, I don't even know, it's very divisive. And the, the flag that is typically brought out or displayed is actually the Tennessee battle flag. It's not, um, it's not, you know, e each Confederate state had its own flag and there are a multitude of Confederate flags, but the flag that you see is the Confederate battle flag, which again, kind of just brings this whole militarization and aggressive 
mindset just kind of, I feel like keeps it simmering, keeps it in the forefront. And yeah, like you said, I mean, white supremacist groups have adopted it. And I understand the things that, you know, symbols, what they were originally meant for versus what they've been co-opted to mean are two different things. Um, you know, even the swastika was originally a symbol of peace. East. And as you say, yeah. And the, um, and then the, <laughs> what we regard as the far East, uh, yeah. In Asia, it was, um, you'll, you'll see it on buildings and, uh, even looking at it on old structures where it's, you know, it's adorned those walls for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And having grown up with it, you know, post World War Two UK, you see it on the side of the building. It seems a little shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, a hockey team in the 1930s had it on their jerseys, and again to see it today, it, it's quite jarring. But at the time, it was it was a, you know the equivalent of just putting. Or not even the equivalent of putting the maple leaf on there, or or the eagle. It was just a symbol. It had, yeah. didn't have any baggage at that time, but you know, a, a period of what is it, eight nine years, gave it a whole lot of baggage, and it's not easily overcome. And the for a large part of American society, um, which unfortunately is mostly denoted by their skin color. That's the same thing to them is that they see that flag and they see that you hate them because of their skin color. And they can't get over that. And so maybe a little bit more give on the side of you don't need to rub it in their faces on, you know, this, this, it just stands to divide at the moment. And I'm sure there are some who enjoy the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I don't think this is something that's going to be going away anytime soon, but I definitely think, um, you know, as far as the the situation in South Carolina, it seems like things are moving in the right direction with uh, them kind of putting the temporary hold on displaying it and moving the flag to a uh, Civil War museum, and hopefully other places will uh, take follow the lead. Audio Cryptic Word Search. Finally, this episode, again in honor of John and Andy, mostly Andy. We have an Audio Cryptic Word Search. When Andy entertained us all with his Audio Cryptic Crossword, he would provide us one clue each week. And we will provide you with one line and one word clue each week. This week's first row. F. Fuck. U. Uvula. X. X-ray of inserted foreign object. K. Knickers. B. Bollocks. V. Vulva. R. Rosebud. V. Vagina. E. Elongate. V. Valium. D. Dildo. N. Naughty. X. X rated. V. Valedictorian. W. Wanker. And the first word clue is Andy. That is Andy. 
We ask that you please wait until all rows have been provided before sending in completed puzzles. Incomplete entries will be ignored and possibly ridiculed. Emails and correspondence. I see that Robert is holding a bulging mailbag. Why he insists on wearing it, I don't know. I found a letter from a Mrs. Trellis of North Wales. However, it's addressed to a different show, so I can't read that out. Well, at least we shouldn't. Um, if you would like to be our first bit of correspondence, feel free to contact us at contact at wearebuglers.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-B-U-G-L-R-S dot com. And aren't you glad we spared you the phonetic spelling of that? <laughs> So with that said, thank you for listening to We Are Buglers. I still am, have been Robert de Bugler. And I still have still been... Wait. <laughs> she can't read my writing. I will have... Oh. <laughs> I will have still been. And I will have still been Diana de Bugler. You can contact us at... at the contact information we just gave you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also be on Twitter once we've got that sorted out. <laughs> Is that enough for the first episode? Is that uh, it? Are we done? done? Are we done here? I'm done. I'm, I'm assuming we're done. Uh, yeah. Uh, for those who can't see, she's uh, she's throwing the microphone against the wall. And, uh, and, I, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> don't slam that door. Don't. Uh, uh, next week, people. Next week. Some of the sound effects used in the production of this podcast have been obtained from Free SFX. They are available at http colon slash slash www.freesfx.co.uk.